Howdy folks, this is John Boswell, LCSW, your friendly neighborhood therapist, and I'm here to talk to you about Narcissistic Personality Disorder, or NPD. Now you're probably tuning in because you think that there is a narcissist in your life, whether it be your best friend, or your husband, or girlfriend, or someone just close to you, or even your boss. So you're probably looking for some answers. What I'm going to do for you today is I'm going to help break down for you in very layman's terms what the criteria is for Narcissistic Personality Disorder, or NPD and kind of help guide you in the right way. Now, I want you to know as a disclaimer that only a true mental health professional can diagnose NPD. However, if you feel as though that you resonate with anything that's talked about in this podcast or in this viewing, go ahead and check out the resources with a place below to help you find a mental health professional to work with. All right, thanks for tuning in. Okay, so let's first break down what a personality disorder is. A personality disorder is a category of mental health conditions, and there's about 10 of them, where people act outside of societal norms. And what I mean by societal norms is there's certain behaviors, there's certain ways that we're all expected and accepted to act. For instance, I think we can all agree, or most of us can agree, that it's not cool to knock over little old ladies and steal their purses. Or if we were to run someone over with our car, we'd probably feel bad and feel remorseful. Well, people with NPD or antisocial personality disorder may not feel the same way. They may not have that same level of remorse or empathy for victims. A personality disorder is exactly what it sounds like. It is a disordered personality. All right, so when we talk about NPD, I want you to think of NPD as a scale or narcissistic behaviors as a scale. And narcissistic personality disorder is the very, very far extreme scale of it. And narcissistic tendencies are something that we all tend to have. So what I mean by that? I mean that there's always moments where we're kind of feeling ourselves and we may think we look good today or we may think we're a little bit better than somebody or just, you know, we kind of think we're the shit. <laughs> it happens. It happens. And that's completely normal. With a narcissist, it's at a point where it's what we call pathological. It's at a point where it's unhealthy and it's almost a overcompensation to deal with an intense shame that they carry. So when we look at narcissistic personality disorder, we look at the criteria, there's actually nine symptoms that we look for as mental health professionals. And an individual will need to have at least five of these behaviors for us to give an actual formal diagnosis of MPD. And these behaviors, these are actually going to start in childhood, and we're going to actually see them progress into adulthood. We don't diagnose any kids with personality disorders, anyone under the age of 18, because Frankly, you just don't know what they're going through as a phase. So, you know, they need to just be in a little brat at the moment, <laughs> it's clinically speaking. But with, by the time we're the age of 18, our personalities are kind of ingrained and we start to have that criteria we can look at. So the first thing we're looking at is, first criteria is, do they have a grandiose sense of self-importance? So what I mean by that is, again, do I kind of think I'm the shit all the time? And do I exaggerate my achievements? So I'm going to say that I am the best race car driver in the world just because I go, you know, 70 on I-95 instead of going the speed limit. Or I may really exaggerate about how great I am at golf. And I played maybe one or two tournaments and did okay. But I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm the best golf player ever. Or I'm the best person in the entire league for the entire county. It's a very exaggerated sense of this grandiosity and this self-importance. And they kind of brag about this all the time. It's a consistent part of their 
vocabulary and, and their behavior. And we all know someone like this. Usually these people are also preoccupied with fantasies of limited, unlimited power and success. So what they'll do is a lot of times they'll go ahead and try to achieve these positions of power. A lot of times we'll see them as police officers and law enforcement. Not to say that all police are narcissists and be very clear on that. But again, they are attracted to positions of power. So you may have some police officers that are. We'll see them narcissists as judges, CEOs. Um, political figures, celebrities, a lot of positions of power, places where they get to be the authority and they get to kind of be the one in control. And they this will also transfer over into personal relationships. So they need to feel as though they're the most important person in the relationship. They are dominant. They are having all the tension focused on them. You'll even see it inside family. As narcissists grow up into adulthood and have their own families, they need to kind of be the center of tension in the household. They may be kind of a tyrant and expect kind of everyone to kind of serve dad or serve mom, but they are the person who is most important. And a lot of times they'll create chaos in the household in order to keep the attention on them. A lot of times narcissists feel as though they are special or they're unique. And they can only be understood by someone else special. So I'll give you an example. I knew of a individual who said that his friend was a narcissist. And he would only see a therapist who happens to be a PhD because they had to be the top therapist that could possibly understand them. If I were to go see my doctor, I only see the doctor that has all the accolades that is the absolute best. And a physician's assistant would never be good enough to you know, treat me if I were a narcissist. Another criteria would be requiring excessive admiration. So again, that lust for power, that lust for attention. You can see how this would easily fit for a celebrity and being on stage and getting the adoration or being a performer of some sort. And it may be as simple as being the class clown or being the leader of your social group. Having to be the one that everyone looks up to. A lot of times, one of the criteria is having a sense of entitlement. Because I'm special, I deserve favorable treatment. You know, officer, you should not give me this ticket because, well, you know, I'm a celebrity or I'm a politician or because I am the CEO of Microsoft. I should get special privileges. I shouldn't have to pay taxes if I'm so freaking awesome. I should not have to conform to the rules of regular society. I shouldn't have to stand in line in the grocery store. <laughs> you imagine that? I should be able to jump in front of everyone else in line because I am, I don't know, rich? Or because who I, my position in work? Whatever it is. But that sense of entitlement is, tends to be ingrained. A lot of times, narcissists are exploitive. And what happens is they'll take advantage of other people in order to get to where they want. Where do we see this a lot of times at? Where is this socially acceptable? Think about it. Within major corporations, right? So a lot of times we'll see CEOs or we'll see people who are management and things like that who will kind of step on the little guy. And the crazy part about it is a lot of times narcissists are very good in these positions of power. They're very good at what they do. I happen to work with a narcissist who was completely racist and just really despicable to all the staff. And really spoke down to everyone. However, he brought in excellent sales for the company. I'm talking about millions of dollars a year. So the owner of the company was willing to excuse his bad behavior. Even if he was nasty to therapists and doctors and other people who may have had a higher position or even been more educated. He had value. So, and he used this to his advantage. 
of course, in saying that, narcissists tend to lack empathy. And that is one of the very common symptoms we'll see as well, the criteria. They're able to, they're unable to kind of identify and recognize that I should feel bad for stepping on other people. Or if, let's say, my wife is hurt and she falls down the stairs, you know, well, that's interrupting the game right now, so I don't know what you're going to do. They don't really get it. They don't have a lot of empathy and they don't really see people the same way that you and I may see people. And kind of treat them with compassion and dignity. They're very good at faking it, so they're able to kind of blend in society. So, for instance, they know that, hey, if my wife were to fall down the stairs, the right thing to do is ask, hey, are you okay? But it's not really heartfelt. Or there's really no follow-through. If you should to say, no, I'm not okay if I fell down the stairs, well, you know, sucks for you. I'm watching the game right now. One of the other criteria is they tend to be envious of others or those who they believe be in positions of power. So you'll see that they'll respect other people who tend to have the same kind of tyrannical behavior or that'll be higher up in position. They have a respect for them and an envy. However, they feel as though anyone that they feel is beneath them is envious of them. Everyone wants to be like me. I had a narcissist once tell me, you know, a lot of my coworkers think that I'm arrogant and they don't like me because I have a nice body and I drive a nice car and I work out and I make a lot of money. But, you know, I really just, you know, I'm not trying to flaunt it in their face when I show these things off. It's just, you know, they're jealous of me or they're envious. The last criteria we look for is them being arrogant or hoity. Needless to say, <laughs> that is one of the criteria that we'll see with narcissists. Now, there are actually subtypes of narcissists as well that make it even more confusing. You have your overt narcissist, and these are the narcissists who tend to be very grandiose, braggadocious. This is the person who has to be the loudest person in the room, who has to have all the attention on them, who has to kind of make chaos or be the center of attention and be funny. Then you have your covert narcissist, and they tend to be a little harder to detect, hence the word covert. With covert narcissists, they are very, very fragile, and what they'll do is a lot of times they will kind of be the woe is me. You know, everyone at the job hates me because I have a nice car and a nice body and I make a lot of money. Woe is me. And see what they do is in a very slick way, this is a way of getting sympathy and attention from other people. Wow, I feel so bad for you. Everyone, it must be so hard being so attractive and so successful. And then you have the worst type of narcissist, arguably, which is your malignant narcissist. And malignant narcissists are kind of a combination of narcissistic personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. What malignant narcissists, what we'll see is they tend to be vengeful. So if you do, the worst thing you can do ever do to a narcissist is embarrass them, make them feel shame, because that's actually taking them back to a childhood place, a childhood trauma, and kind of reverting them back to that. If a malignant narcissist, once you do that, if you call them out and you embarrass them in front of anyone, they are going to become vengeful, and they are going to turn against you, and you have just made your worst enemy. A lot of times you'll hear about malignant narcissists when you're actually going through a breakup or a bad divorce. They may try to turn your family against you, your kids, your boss, your your, your co-workers, all of that good stuff. But they become vengeful. 
Okay, so after hearing that, you think you may have a narcissist in your life, or worse yet, you may think you are an actual narcissist. What do you do? Well, there's a couple things. For one, you can always run, <laughs> which is completely okay. But what if you don't actually want to run? What if you want to stick it out and you think that this can actually work? Well, it seems like you have a few options here. More than likely, it's going to be... You're going to be unable to change them. I'm going to put it out there flat out. What you can do, though, is work on how you deal with them. Because sometimes we have narcissists in our lives that we can't necessarily get rid of. And maybe mom or dad or maybe a husband or a wife even. So in this podcast, we are going to talk about ways to kind of navigate those relationships and deal with them. The best thing that you can do is work on you. Work on empowering yourself, work on your self-esteem, work on figuring out what it is that attracts you to a narcissist in the very first place. And then you work on setting those boundaries and work on ways to kind of adapt. So again, in future episodes, we'll talk more on that. I thank you for tuning in and I look forward to talking to you soon.